Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Saturday Mailbag Show, KBS Listener's Lounge, coming to you from Seoul, the capital of South Korea. It's Saturday, September 24th, 2016, and as always, we've got the latest listeners' letters, messages, and reports we receive from you coming right up. So please stay tuned. I'm Emily Jennings. And I'm Kim Jin. We'll be right back. Hello. Hello, Emily. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, and I was just about to ask you the same thing. How are you doing today? I'm great as well. That's good to hear. Well, do you have any outdoor plans for this weekend? I mean, the weather's just perfect, isn't it? I know, it's getting so much cooler, and it's still warm enough to go out and enjoy things. Mm -hmm. So I'll probably go to some mountains and do some hiking. I wasn't able to do it in the summer because right. it was just way too hot for me. Now, it is still quite warm during mm-hmm. the day here, but it's a little chilly in the mornings and evenings. That's so that's true. probably the best time to and get to the mountain. also up on the mountains, it, it tends to get a lot cooler. So maybe you should pack a cardigan or a jumper or a scarf. But still, I think it's one of the best times of the year to be in Seoul right now. The limbo between summer and fall mm-hmm. is still a little bit green. And the sunlight's quite hot, but the breeze is cool in the shades, right? Yeah, and the cool breezes seem especially nice after the long, excruciating hot summer we had this year. And we have lots of tasty fruits to Mm -hmm. enjoy as well. Apples and the big Korean pears are now in season and they just taste even juicier than ever. Right, and the sweet potatoes. Um, When I was little, street vendors would pop up with giant roasters made of giant metal barrels uh, in street corners of residential areas around this time of the year and maybe sometimes a little later in the year selling roasted sweet potatoes and roasted chestnuts and my dad would often grab a bag or two of them on his way home from work and come to think of it that was such a healthy nighttime snack now I'm just munching on snacks from convenience stores not roasted sweet potatoes well the roasted sweet potatoes were probably even more delicious than those snacks from the convenience stores and much healthier too so it does sound like a lovely winter's evening Mm -hmm. now i've also spotted those roast sweet potato sellers in local areas when traveling around korea but i actually have never seen them in seoul are they still around your area not my area but i know they're they are still around in some parts and honestly i actually haven't seen very many of them around recently but That might also be because I don't live in the same neighborhood anymore. Mm -hmm. If I go back to that neighborhood, maybe they'll still be in that same street corner. It would be nice if I could actually find them there. (laughs) But I'm sure more will show up throughout fall and winter, especially uh, now that a lot of tourists are coming. Maybe Mm -hmm. they would uh, gear it toward the tourists too. Mm, Yeah, and of course, it's only the beginning of fall. But the sweet potatoes in Korea are really extra sweet Mm -hmm. and there are so many different kinds available here too and they come in all shapes and sizes and even different colors i was actually surprised when i went to a supermarket Mm -hmm. and i asked somebody which one is the sweet potato because i was really confused (laughs) and they said they were all sweet potatoes they come in like the size of baby carrots Mm -hmm. to rugby balls and they're the yellow ones the orangey ones and now they um have that a deep violet ones that are both violet inside and the outside. Oh, wow. They're really 
really tasty, actually. Mm. Uh, but yeah, we may be missing out on all the pumpkin spice lattes and whatnot <laughs> that's popular in North America, but we've got all the sweet potatoes we can eat here. Well, speaking of pumpkins, the sweet pumpkins are in season here too, right? They are indeed. The smaller pumpkins are also called the kabocha, kabocha squash, apparently. I have to look this up, but I know them as tanhobak in Korean. Mm. And these are the smaller green pumpkins, the size of a maybe a little bit bigger than a softball. Like it would, you could pick it up with your uh, one hand. Yeah, I've eaten a lot of those. I usually steam them mm-hmm. uh, with over my potatoes, and they are really delicious. They're yellow on the inside and just very, very sweet. And when steamed, they have a similar flavor and texture as steamed sweet potato. So nothing like the orange Halloween pumpkins <laughs> that you might be thinking that. of. I've never tasted those. Have you tasted those? No, come to think of it, I think they make porridge out of it here. Oh, oh there once is they're really, porridge. yeah, once they're once they're really really aged. But I don't think I've ever tasted the North American giant jack o' lantern pumpkins. I don't think you're supposed to taste them. I don't know. I heard that some people keep the seeds and make something. Yes, with them. I do remember eating the seeds. Hmm. And that's after drying them and roasting them too, I think. And probably and, after carving a little scary face in the uh, pumpkin. Yeah, way after that. <laughs> um, but yeah, some Korean. Going back to the uh, Korean kabocha or tanobak pumpkins, uh, some Korean restaurants serve them mashed up like mashed potatoes as a side dish or banchan. And when they do, I usually end up finishing finishing them before the main dish <laughs> even arrives. And just talking about the pumpkin spice latte and the and the sweet potatoes and sweet pumpkins. It's really making me hungry now. Yeah, me too. I think we should probably get to the letters and reports now before our stomachs start growling. We'll be right back after a quick break, so don't go away. You're listening to KBS Listener's Lounge on KBS World Radio. It's time now for us to take a look at the listener letters and reception reports. As usual, we've received some lovely handwritten, typed-up, emailed comments, letters, and reception reports from you, our listeners, and we'll share some of those with you on this program. So last week, we actually ran out of time while we were sharing the recession report by our UK monitor, Alan Holder. So we'll pick up from where we left off. I believe we were able to share just his report, but couldn't get to the message portion. So that's where we will start today. He wrote, Dear English section, hello again. And first of all, I would like to say a big thank you to Tune and Emily of Listener's Lounge for going to so much trouble in answering my recent question about bee populations in Korea. You're welcome. That was actually Actually, a pleasure of ours as well. I also want to give an opinion on another listener's comment about your use of oversized QSL cards. I can understand why bigger cards can pose a problem, as I am sure that many of your listeners store their cards in albums, the pages of which are designed to accommodate standard photograph or postcard sizes. Since I started collecting QSLs 47 years ago now, I have kept them in large scrapbooks of size 25 centimeters by 37 centimeters and attached them, attached the cards with photograph corners. This way, I have no problem in mounting cards of any size to the pages. As you can imagine, there is a huge variety in different types of cards issued by broadcasters. KBS QSLs are definitely among the largest, but to me, this is an advantage. They are also 
some of the most attractive cards in my collection. I think that large size together with attractive designs are a good incentive for listeners to send in reports more frequently. Well, it's great to hear that you like our large QSL cards. And that was, of course, in response to feedback from listener Jayanta Chakabarti that we shared on the program several weeks ago, saying our QSL cards are not easy to store because of the large size. So thank you for putting our minds at ease, Alan, and also giving our listeners a tip on storing the QSL cards in scrapbooks. By the way, 47 years. Uh Wow, you must have loads of scrapbooks by now. And actually, we would absolutely love to see a photo of one or many of your scrapbooks. So if you have time, please send us a snap. Now, continuing on with it, with the message, Alan wrote on September 3rd, Listener's Lounge, I heard Yuna Lee with Inside the Mailbox. I think it's a great idea for a new corner, giving us listeners tips and information on your website and quarterly quizzes. Regarding the listener ID numbers, they no longer appear on any of your mailing envelopes, and I am sure some listeners do not know their numbers or have forgotten. Can Yuna tell us, are they essential for keeping track of listener contact? and should we always quote them? Well, Alan, thank you for asking this important question. Now, we have asked Yuna to touch upon this issue in her segment and she will be getting right to it later on today's show. So be sure to stay tuned till the very end of the program to catch today's Inside the Mailbox. Alan also gave us another idea for a listener's lounge segment tentatively titled Meet the KBS Team. He wrote this could be where announcing staff and producers could be interviewed to give us more information about themselves, country of origin, how they came to work for KBS, their interests, and so on. Now, I think this is an awesome idea and we'll definitely put a mm-hmm. star next to it on our to-do list. I think it'll be a great idea for not just listener's lounge, but maybe perhaps for a special show to. Yeah. Someday. And maybe even it could be quite interesting to have something like this on our website as well. Maybe, although I'm not a huge fan of being interviewed. <laughs> but um, <laughs> as for your other idea for technical topics where engineering staff could be persuaded to contribute so we can get an idea of how the programs are put on the air... Now, as wonderful an idea as this is, it's doubtful it'll ever be done on this side since our engineering staff will be very hard to persuade to come on air, let alone speak English on air. But thank you nonetheless for the great ideas and, of course, your reports, which we shared on last week's Listener's Lounge. The oversized QSL cards will be on their way very soon. Well, up next, we have some reception reports and a letter from our U.S. monitor, Otto Schwartz. Otto sent us his monitoring log for our 1300 UTC broadcast on 15.575 megahertz between June 21st and August 17th. He used his realistic DX440 receiver and a 3 meter long wire antenna. The conditions were mostly fair on average with some poor days, but there were also some good days like June 21st when the SIMPO was 55544, July 19th when it started out as 45544 and dropped down to 35333 at 1330 UTC and then picked up again at 55444 after 15 minutes. And August 2nd, when he rated the SIMPO 45444. On July 16th, Otto also noted some splash interference from Radio Habana, Cuba, on 15.370 MHz. 
As usual, he also gave us lots of details of the programs he heard each day and wrote us a nice message. Auto Road, dear friends at KBS World Radio, thank you for the beautiful Korea's UNESCO World Heritage QSL cards and for reading my letter on Listener's Lounge. Reception conditions remain mostly fair to good for the 1300 UTC broadcast on 15.575 MHz, although at times the signal is barely audible. As for the 2200 UTC broadcast on 11.810 MHz, it's hardly ever audible due to very weak signal. As always, I enjoyed your programming during this monitoring period, particularly the August 15th episode of Soul Calling, the special KBS birthday edition. I enjoyed hearing the comments and thoughts of the various program's hosts and hostesses and the look back at KBS World Radio. Two programs which I particularly recall with fondness are Let's Sing Together and Echoes of Korean Music. Wow, well, it's so heartwarming to know that Otto not only has been listening to KBS World Radio for such a long time, but remembers our old programs too with with fondness no less. Mm -hmm. Now, jumping over to another part of his letter, he also liked K-pop interactive summer vacation songs. He said that he lives near the ocean and especially loves songs about the sea. He also enjoyed Creative Minds of Korea, the multicultural museum episode. He said, ever since I visited the World Stamp Expo 89 in Washington, D.C., and had the chance to chit-chat with postal service representatives from just about every country in the world, I've been thinking how nice it would be to have a mini-world theme park that would display everything about every country, such as sites, customs, traditions, food, and culture. This multicultural museum seems to do this at least for 52 countries. Maybe it'll keep on expanding and become that mini world theme park that Otto had envisioned before. Now, Otto also sent us some newspaper clippings from his local papers regarding the Korean War. I was rather surprised to see that a newspaper in the U.S. would carry so many stories about Korea. Granted, they were about the uh, American Korean War veterans. Uh, One story actually had a huge headline that read a Korean War mystery, and it was about a vet who spent years hunting down the truths behind the fate of a plane that went missing in Daegu along with its passengers during the war. Another article dated June 15th was about a wartime photographer sharing photos he's taken in Korea during the war for a fundraiser event. And last but not least, he also sent us an article about a Korean War veteran who filmed a documentary about the 17th Infantry, which helped end the war. According to the article, the veteran has graciously decided to gift copies of the documentary to any Korean War veteran or close relative of a deceased veteran. So if any of our listeners are interested, search for Judge Stuart Nam and Men of Truth and Courage in a Forgotten War or the 17th Infantry in Korea for more information. Judge Nam has also posted the video on YouTube so you can watch it online as well. And the spelling of the name is Judge and Nam N-A-M-M. So thank you, Otto, for sharing these articles with us and also for keeping such detailed monitoring logs of our programs as usual. We hope you and the small children and the kittens are all doing well. 
Next, we have recession logs from listener Hans Vernier Lolike of Denmark. Using his Sony ICF SW7600 receiver and a telescopic antenna, Hans tuned in to us on August 16th, 17th, 19th, and 21st on 9.515 MHz at 1600 hours UTC and on 7.275 MHz at 1800 hours UTC. The recession conditions weren't the best, generally poor, for the 7.275 MHz broadcasts, which he noted was blocked by a Chinese broadcast until 1830 hours UTC. We have been hearing that a lot. And uh, he also said that the signal was very weak but able to identify. The 9.515 MHz broadcast seemed to work better in Denmark with the SIMPA rating averaging at 34333. Hans also noted that 11.810 MHz was not audible for him. Thank you very much for the report and a beautiful postcard, Hans. Your QSL cards will be sent out soon. Well, make sure to check out our Facebook page if you want to see photos of those beautiful postcards. Now, surprisingly, even though the two broadcasts Hans mentioned are both targeting Europe, they seem to have been heard much more clearly in Vietnam. Listener UN Tran Tan Tam left us an online reception report dated September 19th when he tuned into us via boat frequencies using a Texan PL600 receiver with a 12-meter long wire antenna. For the 1600-hour UTC broadcast on 9.515 MHz, he rated the SIMPO 55455. And for the 1800-hour UTC broadcast on 7.275 MHz, the rating was 45454. So thank you, Trantan. Also, I think this is the first time we're hearing from you. So welcome to KBS World Radio. We'll send out your QSL cards shortly, and we hope to hear from you again soon. Our monitor. Honey Islam of India also heard us on 9.515 megahertz between 1600 and 1700 hours UTC on September 8th, according to his online recession report. He used a Siemens device and rated the Simpo 4 across the board. Another one of our Indian monitors, PS Sakar, tuned in to us on 9.515 megahertz and on 9.640 megahertz from 1600 to 1700 hours UTC on September 9th using a Texan 606 receiver with a telescopic antenna. He said that the transmission was good, rating the 9.515 MHz broadcast 4 across the board and the 9.640 MHz broadcast 54444. Thank you very much, PS and Honey. As always, we'll have your QSL cards on their way very soon. Meanwhile, listener Moraldi Har M, also from India, emailed us his reception reports dated August 23rd and 30th. He also listened to our broadcasts between 1600 and 1700 hours UTC on 9.640 MHz on these days using a Texan PL660 receiver with a Sanjian ANT60 antenna. He gave us some details about the programs he heard and for the August 23rd broadcast, he rated the simple 34333 and 3 across the board for the broadcast on August 30th. So thank you, Murali. And we understand that there were some issues with the mail, and we have addressed this the last time that we shared your report on our program as well. We checked with Yuna multiple times, but honestly, we couldn't find out why the physical mails weren't getting to you, because your address on our system is the exact same as the one that you wrote to us on your email, and none of the mails that we sent you were returned to us either. Needless to say, we are very sorry that this is happening and has been happening for 
such a long time, but even sorrier that there is not much that we can do. We will, of course, continue sending you your QSL cards and stickers as usual, so please do let us know via email if any of them reach you. And we hope to hear some good news from you soon. Up next is an email from listener Srivatsa, also in India, who says that recession on 9.640 MHz at 1600 RUTC in South India is erratic. However, he wrote, now I am listening to KBS World Radio every day. Why? Now every day, early morning, I go for a walk to exercise before going to work. So while walking, I listen to KBS World Radio via Wink Audio on the KBS website on my Samsung mobile phone and headphones. I enjoy this routine a lot. That's awesome, Srivatsa. We're glad we're part of your everyday morning routine, mm-hmm. especially one that's so very healthy and one that I couldn't ima- imagine myself doing, actually, going for a walk before work. That's, that uh, is the best way to start your day. So I hear, but I'm not a morning person. <laughs> Anyhow, Srivatsa also gave us some comments about the programs he heard between August 29th and September 7th, for example, regarding a report about a Korean version of German beer festival on August 31st, Soul Calling. He said, Said, we too have a German beer festival in Bengaluru. I believe this is where uh, Srivatsa is from, but on a very small scale in a five star hotel. On September 2nd, he commented on drama lines, saying that the expression of the week was a fun one. It was 저는 길치입니다. Do you remember that one? Mm. <laughs> it means I am directionally challenged. And he actually wrote <laughs> haha on the email. I think he actually did find it quite funny. Well, Srivatsa also commented on on the Multicultural Museum that Otto also liked on Creative Minds of Korea's September 6th edition, saying that the program hosted by Karen made him want to visit the museum. And on the following Thursday, he gave us some details about the Korea Today and Tomorrow episode and wrote, I love this program. And it is a really interesting program, so thank you very much for your lovely comments, Srivatsa. We hope that the listening conditions on 9.640 MHz will improve soon. And we're looking forward to your next report. I'm afraid that's all the time we have for the letters, emails, and recession reports from you today. We do apologize that we cannot share every single letter and report from you on the show due to time constraints. There are so many letters that I wanted to get to today, but uh, unfortunately, we'll have to wait till next Saturday to share them with you. Next Saturday, of course, is the first Saturday of October. So uh, send your birthday wishes Mm -hmm. if you want to uh, give a shout out to your friends. And also, we'll now move on to our new listeners lounge segment, Peaking into the KBS World Radio's mailroom. Here's Inside the Mailbox with Yuna Lee. Hello and welcome to Inside the Mailbox. I'm Yunha Lee. In this weekly corner, I'll share updated information from our Facebook page and events and answer listeners' inquiries. Also, I'll tell you how to navigate our KBS World Radio English Service website. There hasn't been much activity on our Facebook page since we didn't post much during the Chuseok holiday weekend. On Tuesday, we asked what you want to know about the boy band Infinite for our backstage chat interview. Many of our listeners left questions and we actually got to ask Infinite some of those questions. The video of the interview will soon be updated on our website, so please keep your eyes out. And also, don't forget to look for the backstage chat notice on our Facebook page for your chance to ask a question to your favorite star. 
Now let's move on to website directions. So every week I talk about the latest updates on our social media, specifically Facebook. Along with that information, I always mention the address for our Facebook website. Well, for those of you who missed it, or simply prefer not to type the whole thing, you might want to pay close attention because there is a feature on our KBS World Radio English Service homepage that allows access to all of our English Service social media by a simple click. Scroll down halfway on the main homepage, and on the right side of the screen, you should be able to find the words SNS with the logos for each social media underneath. Our English service is available via three social mediums, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. However, we have two accounts for Twitter, one is for the news team and the other is for the feature team. If you click on the logos, it'll take you straight to the link. We always love getting your comments and feedback on our social media, so please take a look. To find more about these features, head on over to world.kbs.co.kr slash English. Now moving on to listeners' questions, to answer the earlier question from our dear listener, Alan Holder, the reason list ID numbers haven't been appearing on the envelopes is because most of the mail I send out on a regular basis is to our regular listeners, who I assume know their ID numbers, so I didn't see a need to do that anymore. However, it does make it easier for me to identify listeners if their ID numbers are quoted when I receive any mail or email. So to answer your question, they are not essential. However, quoting your ID number would clear things out for me, so please continue to do so. As for putting ID numbers on mailing envelopes, I would like some feedback from our listeners whether I should include them again. Also, for new listeners and listeners coming back to our programs, if you'd wish to know your ID numbers, please send us an email at english at kbs.co.kr with ID numbers as the subject title, and we'll make sure to provide them. Thank you for your question, Alan, and if our listeners have any more questions, please send them to us again at english at kbs.co.kr, and I'll make sure to address them in this segment. This week, we sent out Y2C prizes to four recent winners, so if you are a prize winner, expect them to arrive within two to four weeks depending on your location. Congratulations once again, and thank you for your participation. And that is it for this week's Inside the Mailbox. Until next time, this is Yoon Ha Lee. Have a nice weekend. Well, that's all we have for you this week on KBS Listener's Lounge. We hope you enjoyed the show. This has been Emily Jennings. And this has been Kim Ji-eun. Thank you for joining us and we hope you have a wonderful weekend. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.